Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson. I'm the founder of Stack, the service that searches out the world's best independent magazines and delivers them direct to thousands of readers around the world every month. If you love discovering great new publishing from outside the mainstream, head over to stackmagazines.com and use the code podcast to save 10% when you join our independent magazine club. This week, I'm speaking with Hannah Hirsch and Natasha Rao, two of the editors behind American Cordata, the literary and arts magazine that recently published its 10th issue uh, and which we sent to our subscribers in September. I've been a big fan of this magazine since it launched in 2015, and I've loved watching it develop over the years. It's always been operated by volunteers as a kind of labour of love, with the team constantly changing as one group of readers and editors and designers come together, make the magazine and then pass the baton to a new generation. Hannah and Natasha took over part of the way through the making of this latest issue and I was really interested to speak to them about what that whole process was like uh, as well as what they've got planned for the future and what they now see as the overall mission of American Cordata today. I really enjoyed catching up with both of them so I hope you're going to enjoy this conversation with Hannah Hirsch and Natasha Rao. Uh, Hannah, Natasha, thank you so much for making time to talk. Thank you. Uh, So you are two of the evolving team behind American Cordata. Um, Am I right in saying that are you both editors? That's right. So one of the things that I think really makes American Cordata stand out is the fact that you have this gradually evolving team uh, which has been running for, for years and years. So how did you two first get involved with the magazine? Um, so I, last summer, um, I had just been talking with a friend who was a poetry editor, and she just invited me to join a meeting at a coffee shop and said, um, I think you might be interested in this magazine. They have, like, a very similar aesthetic to you, um, just very, like, interested in visuals. Um so I went to this meeting and joined as a poetry reader. Mm-hmm. And then a couple months later, Allison and Justin, the editors at the time, um, like pulled me aside and told me that they were leaving and asked if I would be interested in stepping up as a managing editor. And then um, a couple months after that, I brought Hannah along. So here we are. <laughs> Ah, so it's your fault, Natasha. So, so Hannah, you came along because of Natasha. Absolutely. I, I blame her 100%. <laughs> and so how have you found the process so far? So am, am I right in saying that issue 10 was the first one where you two were working in these roles or, or were you not actually in these roles yet? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We are. Um, so, yeah, Natasha brought us on... Um, like right when we were making the transition with the magazine. So for issue 10, which is the issue that just came out in October, mm-hmm. um, it had been, it was kind of like halfway through the process. So like the content had been selected um, and stuff like that, but it wasn't actually in production. So we basically took over when it was time to like, get the ball rolling and actually like get it to the printer and everything like that. <laughs> oh, I love it. So you, you got the, you got the difficult bit. Right. 
<laughs> and so to talk me through that process a little bit then, because um, American Cordata is a submissions based magazine. So when when does the process start in the making of one of these annual issues? Uh, so I would say the, the, we started getting submissions for issue 10, uh, maybe like last January, definitely mm-hmm. started a while ago. Uh, and then kind of like slowly sifted through all those submissions. We have a pretty good, um, pretty large sized team of readers, at least for that past issue. So everyone kind of pulled their weight and was like, oh, we'll read 20 poems a week or 30 stories a week or whatever. Um, and then kind of whittle that pile down to, um, you know, the ones that we ended up selecting. So that was kind of like a slow burn from, yeah, I would say maybe for this past issue, almost an entire year just kind of like picking through all of the um, submitted works. And then this last push that um, Hannah and myself did with the production was probably, how long did that take, Hannah? Like, um, uh, That was like two or three months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, that part felt much more accelerated. <laughs> <laughs> And so um, this is the magazine that we sent out as our September um, delivery. Uh, and we've sent American Cordata once in the past, I think maybe sort of like the second or third issue. And in my letter that went out with this one, um, I looked back at the editor's letter um, that Ben Yarling, the uh, founding editor, uh, had written in, uh, in issue one. And in that, he says uh, that the editors of this magazine value earnest voices, bravery and clarity of expression. And it struck me that actually there's a lot of consistency there with with what you're doing now. Is it how much of that is something that you really consciously strive for? Um, I think uh, at least in terms of picking the submissions this round um i think i mean we sort of are familiar with the work that has been published in previous issues and are maybe subconsciously striving for a kind of continuity in that but i don't think we sort of like set out saying okay i'm gonna pick you know these pieces because they match previous issues so maybe just organically it sort of works out that um well also we had some threads like some similar editors all the way through and readers all the way through um, but yeah, I think we are just kind of looking for strong work, new, exciting voices, um, and just sort of also thinking kind of in the back of our heads of what would go well alongside different images, what kind of text might um, pair well in this kind of magazine that is very like visually based. Right, exactly. Well, okay, so let's talk about the visuals then, because that is, as you say, a huge part of it. So uh, am I right in thinking that not just the writing, but also the images are, are submissions-based, so they're also not commissioned? Um, the images were kind of were solicited um, by our art director, so he reached out to a lot of people, I think, via Instagram and kind of emailing, um, and just has a lot of connections to artists, and then sort of had, for the whole year was kind of like compiling these images, and then in the last month or two, we all sat down to sort of pair the visuals with the um with all the text the art is actually not usually submission based although we do get contacted occasionally by people who have seen the magazine and are interested in submitting work Mm -hmm. um and so of course we're always open always excited to 
um, receive work from those people. Um, but yeah, in the past, it's it's typically been um, by reaching out to people that we have found most of the artwork in the magazine. Right, I see, I see. So that is a different process. But I mean, it, it still, it breaks my brain that, that these images that you see in the magazine were not actually created to go with specific stories because the some of the ta- some of the, I mean obviously some of them are, are a little bit more tangential but some of them you're looking at the images and it's like well this is the person that I'm reading about or like the you know this is this specific feeling right yeah yeah it's definitely um I think that's definitely uh, part of the fun um of putting the magazine together is um creating that conversation um between the images and the text so um yeah it's it's always it's always fun when the the image feels like it really is like right on the nose for that piece um and you know when when images too are in conversation with each other um like i think in our last issue we had there was like a, a Cinderella image on the one page and then the snowman on the other. And it's just these kind of striking uh, visual resonances that mm, mm, <laughs> were mm. definitely not intended by the, the artists who put the photos, um, but seem very obvious when you're, when you're looking at them side by side. So I, that's I, definitely I, part, of, part of the fun. Do, do you ever hear from the artists afterwards kind of saying like, <laughs> this is amazing you've sort of presented my work in a, a different light because obviously you you are affecting the way that people see it depending on what you put it opposite or the story that you pair it with yeah I think a lot of um especially for this past issue a lot of the artists have posted like on Instagram or on social media just kind of highlighting their pages and saying like oh look, like look at this this is you know this photograph next to this poem which I love which is amazing so that's cool too I feel like we're kind of introducing um, the, the poets or the writers to the artists and photographers. And like Hannah said, everything is in this great conversation. Mm, mm, mm. It, it feels like a, it feels like a real community. And actually one of the things that I always find a little bit misleading about it, probably because of the name and because you guys are based in Brooklyn, but the like American Cordata kind of makes it sound like, right, I'm getting this snapshot of, like contemporary American arts, but of course the stuff there is from all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, it's very global, I would say. I mean, I think <laughs> the American in the name is a very interesting thing to think about actually, um, especially, um, I don't know, in, in light of recent events, the election, I mean, it's it's hard not to think about America standing in the world and what, that name um is is doing or is presenting but i I think it's really um i think what it's striving for is like um this concept of america as a place where like actually everyone is welcome and and diversity is celebrated and um (laughs) maybe not so much the America that a lot of the world has seen in the past four years, but the America that uh, we hope we can be. Right, right. Well, we should say, actually, the so we're speaking uh, the week after um, Biden um, was announced as having won. Trump still hasn't um, accepted his defeat. Um, so, the, I mean, this is obviously uh, a very... Um, febrile time at the moment and the, and there's a, there's a huge amount going on 
as an annual magazine, can you hope to try to reflect that in some way? Or do you just have to let that go and say, well, you know, the things that we're thinking about now, we're not going to be publishing a magazine for like nine, 10, 11 months. That's a really interesting question. I mean, I think we do want our pieces to be um, speaking to something that feels um, very current um, and very relevant. Um, we want we want the pieces to be um, not only in conversation with each other, but also in conversation with what's happening in the world. And I think that's also, it's also kind of inevitable that they do that. You know, they are um, just as a virtue of, of being made during this time, um, they are speaking to it. So um, I think that's, I think that's how most of the issues feel. Um, if you look back at them, they do feel um, it feels like they are reflecting um, the time that they were made in, whether whether that was uh, intentional or not. It's just kind of how it usually turns out. Yeah, yeah. So, so in this tenth issue, um, as a, I think a good example of that, um, your lead story and one of the ones that I found uh, has really stuck with me the most uh, is a, a piece by a student who came. Uh, was it from Nigeria? Did he come over from Nigeria? Yes. 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 So, that, so he's a, a black man writing about basically learning to be a black man in America. And the, all of these kind of things that he just had not really thought of before and ways that he'd not been made to feel as a black man before he became a black man in America. And the, obviously you were putting this together uh, at the time when there was huge um, unrest uh, and the, the Black Lives Matter movement was, was really taking place. It, I mean... Clearly, you want to try to reflect that and say something about it. Are you ever um, a little bit careful or cautious about trying to go too far in defining things or, or make things too simple? I think that one thing we are cautious about is um, wanting to be um, very respectful of um, the the artists and authors who are featured in the magazine. And so one consideration Natasha and I um, had to make was whether to put this piece first, um, mm -hmm. because we felt on the one hand that it was so important, but we also, we, we didn't want it to come off um, as almost a gesture of like, you know, we're, we're putting this, first and so that means we have like you know done our job or, or mm, something mm, in mm. um in talking and thinking about this issue mm. we we really we didn't want it to feel um like i guess opportunistic um and, and so we had this question of should it be the first piece um in the issue and, and we ended up deciding that it should be because it's so strong it's so um well written and so important um but that was that was definitely something we considered um again for this current issue we we the two of us did not select the a lot of the pieces so we also just wanted to be cognizant of like um what are we what is this issue kind of like saying right now about the moment and how can we best highlight the voices of everyone who contributed so mm, mm, mm. i mean the 
it must be a huge job because you don't have a theme you so that, I mean obviously like a theme can be limiting but it also is really useful in terms of like narrowing things down you as you say you start with this huge number of pieces and a lot of people like you know reading through is it like how heated the things get the how how kind of how passionate does the argument become in terms of what goes in and, and what doesn't um, I think at the the very like the last or the latter stages when maybe one person is really committed to like oh I need this poem to be in the issue and then the group of five or six readers says no um, that happened a couple times and we just like this was before COVID and so we were we had dinner you know we were all like sitting over pasta and just the person who really wants this poem will fight for it um, and I love that part of it because maybe you know. Uh, I didn't see something that another reader really wanted um, to include in the issue. So I think it can get heated in terms of mostly just when, you know, you really love a piece and maybe other people are ambivalent about it. Um, and so I, that's part of what makes it fun, too, just when people get excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, that I could read that um, editor's letter from the first issue and, and really recognize... Um, the magazine that you have today so there's actually there's a huge amount of uh, consistency in what you've done over the years is there though something that you're really keen to change so the you know this the issue 11 then is going to be the first one with you two really at the helm is there something that you want to to make a difference with um I think I mean we were just kind of talking about sort of vague ideas because it is exciting to now have um like, yeah, we can sort of make these decisions. We were maybe thinking about including some more, just in terms of visuals, maybe even like sketches and kind of like broadening that aspect a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I don't know, Hannah, do you want to talk about your like editorial idea or? Which, which one? <laughs> uh, the like process, putting the process in like with edits and whatnot. Or we can. Oh, for yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, that's something. That's something I would love to do at some point. We'll see if it comes to fruition um, in our next issue. But um, so th this idea came about because I was speaking to a poet who, um, in this next issue, is going to write an essay um, for us about this software that she's created, um, which is very cool. Um, it's called Mist. I think. I think I'm allowed to talk about it. It's not like secret or anything. Um, so MIDST, M-I-D-S-T, um, and this software basically tracks all the edits that are made in a document as a poem is being written hmm. and then allows you to play them back. Um, so it's very cool because you get to, you get to see the process actually, um, behind the poem, which is something we very rarely get to see, um, and so I was thinking how cool it would be also to, um, you know, make, basically make an issue about process um, where we see like earlier drafts, um, we see the edits and, and comments that the editor made and um, explain why certain changes were made um, and why others weren't. Um, I just thinking, I, having that sort of transparency um, I think would be um, really interesting and really valuable. Mm, um, mm. So that's like, that's one kind of <laughs> harebrained <laughs> idea. Um, 
for for some for some future issue. I just I think um, you know it would be it would be great to bring kind of more of that transparency um, into the public eye. Um, so we'll we'll see we'll see if that um, if we can make that happen for some future issue. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking from a stack point of view, I can tell you that the people who listen to this podcast love seeing how magazines get made. So I'm sure there'll be lots of people who, who want to get hold of that. Um, listen, thank you again so much, both of you, for uh, for taking the time. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing issue 11 at some point next year. Yeah, thank you so yeah, much. Thank you so much. Okay, that's all for this week. I would like to say thanks again to Hannah and Natasha for taking the time to speak with me. Hopefully you are one of our subscribers, so you're listening to all this fully aware of exactly what American Cordata is all about. Um, But if you haven't seen this one yet, go take a look at stackmagazines.com forward slash shop, where you'll find lots more information about this latest issue. Uh, And of course, you can buy a copy there too. If you're listening to this episode soon after it's released, uh, it should be kind of mid to late November, which means we're now in the part of the year when I get totally obsessed by Christmas. Uh, And more specifically, the idea of giving stack as a gift at Christmas. If you've got any tricky gifts to buy this year, please do consider our subscription. We deliver a different independent magazine every month, perfect for anyone who wants to read something better from outside the mainstream. And you can choose to give either three, six or 12 months worth of magazines in 2021, starting from just £20. Um, to see more information about all that, go to stackmagazines.com forward slash Christmas and you can get one of those gifts ticked off your list. Thanks very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with another episode next week.